teaching today. So 1 John chapter 1, we're going to look at from verse 5. Bear with? Okay. So 1 John... 1, 2, 2, 5. 1 John, not John 1. Yeah, so it's very confusing. So John, uh, a disciple of Jesus, wrote a whole gospel called John. And cleverly, the people who put the Bible together decided to call the letter that he wrote 1 John. And that's the only difference. One John. <laughs> Yeah, but it, there is one of, that's one of the questions I've had for a while. Go on then. Why, What's the, why what? Well, why is it John John? Because there's three letters written by John. Yes. One John, two John, and three John. But and why it, is John then just John? And it's the same John? That's what John is called, isn't it? No, but I mean, isn't it the same John? <laughs> <laughs> that wrote the letters, it's just John. Okay, the pastor's wife said that's because that's... Yeah, I wasn't listening. Because that's what, that's what his mum called him. I'm not entirely sure. It is a little bit confusing, but that, you're just going to have to get used to it. Yeah, sorry? Just roll with it. Exactly, roll with it. You do need to know the reasons. And I wanted to also say as well, um, uh, if there's something you hear from the front that you don't understand, please do ask. Uh, I, I was aware after when Daniel and Bryony spoke last week there may have been questions or just emotions or whatever. Don't let it just sort of sit there and, 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 and you know, five years' time you think, oh, I just can't cope with this anymore. I, I didn't understand what, what Daniel was talking about, so I'm, you know, I, I can't, I'm going or whatever. Uh, talk to us, you know, or the same with me. If, if there was something that I said, uh, even if it's just something like this, why is John this and one John? If we need to talk about it, let's talk about it. I'd much rather that we go home today satisfied with that <laughs> than, than we go home confused, yeah? Are we okay with that? And you don't have to necessarily ask, and Joe will always ask like that. But if, if, <laughs> Joe will always ask But if you want to ask in a more kind of like indirect way and approach me afterwards and say, why is John that way and first John that way then? Or write me an email or a text or something. All that's fine, okay? Are we okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fine. Good, good. As long as I can always ask like that. You can always ask like that, Joe. I might tell you that I'll tell you later. Okay, can we read this now? Well, everyone got it? <laughs> no, I still don't understand. Then <laughs> yeah, carry on. Understanding isn't everything. Okay, this is the message we heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you, so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word... 
love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. So, that which was from the beginning, it says in the beginning of this uh, letter, uh, that which was from the beginning, John describes Jesus as the word of life, that which we've seen and which we've heard and we've, we've touched. This is John talking about Jesus who he has be, been with, he's literally been in physical contact with. This is the message that he has for us. Uh, the message, so you can imagine this, drum roll, you know, what is the message that Jesus has for us uh, in God? The message is this, God is light. That's it. God is light. (laughs) And in him there is no darkness. That's the message. And I wonder, when you stop and think that for a moment, God is light. You might just want to take take that in. This is is the thing that John says that Jesus' message is to us. God is light and in him there is no darkness. Um, What is your reaction to that? Um, I'm guessing some of us are going to go, I don't even know what you're talking about. Some of us, though, may be thinking, this sounds like something that brings joy and, and hope. Light vanishes the darkness. Yeah, we kind of we think Im- with our imagery and uh, that darkness is not good. Light is good. And as it says in the scriptures that we read at Christmas time, uh, uh, those who walked in darkness have seen a great light. That sounds like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But there are others that may be thinking... Oh, this sounds pretty scary. <laughs> you know, um, you remember Moses when he was with a burning bush. He, he was confronted by this burning bush. Take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. It's like, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting this. Or the disciples, when they, they walked up the mountain with Jesus and they see Jesus transfigured and he's shining with light. Uh, this is pretty scary. Yeah, so there's that kind of sense when we come into contact with, with God's light. What will God's light expose in me? So I wonder what our reactions would be if, if we were to hear these words directly from John. Do we welcome the darkness being overcome, or are we a little bit worried when we think actually through that light, God is going to start looking in some of those dark cupboards in my life, and we are going to find that a little bit tricky. <laughs> So, the thing is though, if you read through John, and I don't know if you call that even as I was reading it out, that passage out, he, he kind of, 
I, I feel like when you're in, in John, you kind of you, you put yourself in a washing machine and you're kind of being tumbled around, and you think, or well, uh, does anyone watch the washing as it goes round? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, the light is being exposed on Emma. There's a kind of look as if, like, okay, you've got me on this one, yeah. I do watch the washing go. Well, sorry? Depends what's in it, yeah, if you've put your phone in there by mistake. It's like, oh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can remember when we first got our first washing machine. Uh, well, Mum used to have one of those twin tub things with a lid on the top. And, but when we had our first, what we now know as washing machine, when you could watch the, the stuff, it was like... I was mesmerised. I forget what was on telly that night. I'm just like watching. There's, a, there's my socks. You know. There's... I used to take Billy to the laundrette when he was little because it was one of the very things that kept him quiet and still. But if you read John and particularly this, this letter, First John, you kind of feel like, ah, oh, he's saying this. Oh, but now he's saying that. But now he's saying this. And it seems like we're going around in circles and it's being mixed up. And, but you thought he was saying that and now he seems to be saying something else. It almost seems to contradict each other. And anyway, bear with it. Because he's, he's, he's got a method in his... Sometimes it seems like madness. I think on one level what John is saying to us here, um, and, and it's, stick with this, um, there's a reality check. If we claim to be a Christian but are walking in darkness, which means we're walking in sin and in hatred towards people around us, then we're deluded. We're not living in the way of Christ, and I dare to say we're not Christians. But equally, John says, and this is where it starts to go like the washing machine, um, we need to chew over this. Uh, If we claim to be without sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Okay? Get those two things there? If we are um, walking in sin we're not really following Christ but if we claim we have no sin we're deceiving ourselves are we in the washing machine now yeah exactly good face stick with that face okay Um, if we claim to be without sin we're deceiving ourselves if we claim that we don't need forgiveness or or we we don't need Jesus we're all right on our own we are, we, you know, we can try and kid ourselves that we're okay in our own ability, then we are kidding ourselves. So if we're walking in sin and darkness, we have no fellowship with God, John says. But if we say we don't have any sin, effectively we claim to be all light ourselves and the truth isn't in us. So, you know, this, come on John, what on earth are you talking about? Yeah. Um, where does this leave us? I think this leaves us Standing before the God who is light, who we're looking at and he's looking at us. And let us just remember these words that God is light and in him there is no darkness. And if you walk in the light, you'll have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus will purify us from all sin. So, have you got your Bibles there? Go to verse 9 of chapter 1. This is a good verse to remember. And so here's where we're going to start. We're going to read this together. Okay, just verse 9. Here we go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Should we read that again? Yeah. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That is a really good verse to memorise. Because in times of trouble and in times of condemnation, in times of darkness in our lives, in times where we think we've messed up and we can't get it right ever, remember this gospel truth. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That sounds like good news, doesn't it? Okay. Come on, a bit of audience. That does sound like good news, yeah? This sounds like the light has come and has shone in our lives. And actually the things where the darkness, where I just couldn't escape from myself, I just can't do anything about, and I just keep messing up, whatever it is, he comes and he purifies us. He cleanses us. He forgives us. That's the Christian message, isn't it? That's, that's the thing that we... We hold on to and say, this is what following Jesus is all about. And I'd say, yes, it is. And I think John would say, yes, it is, because he's wrote this. <laughs> um, but I think he'd also say, that's just part of it. Actually, the light is bigger than that. The light is brighter than that. Because he says then, in a few verses later, in verse uh, uh, 1 of chapter 2, he says, I write this so that you will not sin. And you're thinking to yourself, but hang on, I thought I didn't have to worry about it because if I sin, then he cleanses me from all my sins. Yes, but if you do, if you do sin, he, he, will, he will cleanse you. But he's also wanting to, to speak to us so that we would learn a way that isn't in darkness in the first place. So it's like he's saying, I'm applying God the light of the world to your outward self, which is um, cleansing us from sin, but also he wants to then start bring light into our, our inner self so that we uh, start to live in a way that is different. So that we're not just continually just, just asking for forgiveness of sins, but actually we're starting to live in a different way and that light starts to shine in us. Remember, Jesus is described himself as the light of the world. And then he says to us, what does he say in Matthew? Remember in Matthew's Gospel, you are the light of the world. How do we do that? I think it is by allowing him to, A, change us from the outside, but also, you know, cleanse us from the outside, but change us from the inside. And that sounds pretty deep, probably sounds challenging and hard, if not impossible. But it's, it's, an old com- it's an old command. It's not that complicated. He says, he says and this is again what Jesus says, uh, no, John says rather, I give you an old command. It's a new command. Think, oh, please. What are you talking about? He says, well, it's an old command. In that it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. Love your brothers and sisters. I've been saying that a while, says God. Like, right from the beginning. And in fact, if you go right back to the beginning, Cain and Abel, what happened? Didn't work out so well. So right from the beginning, there's that darkness. But right from the beginning, God's saying, this is the command, you know, just love one another. So it's an old command, but in a sense it's a new command. 
Because now it's been seen in Jesus. Jesus has personified it. Jesus has been that light in the world. He has been the one that has brought the light into the darkness and shown love. And as we go through 1 John, you'll see that more and more. He is love. And as a result, the darkness is passing and the light is coming. And so there's something new about this old command. Love your brother and sister. That's it. That's, that's the simple message. We make it so complicated sometimes. If you love your brother and sister, you live in the light. If you hate them, you live in darkness. And I think all around the world, as I've said, from the very beginning, darkness is everywhere. You know, we've got hatred and envy. We've got jealousy, resentment. Anyone who's not the same as me, there's that kind of antagonism and it, and it happens in our homes, it happens in our families, it happens in our neighbourhoods, our communities. That wasn't Daniel was saying just the other week, oh, we don't invite number four. No, if number four is coming to the party in our road, then the rest of us aren't coming or whatever. We have that in our road as well. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it happens everywhere, but I'm sure it happens within families, as Daniel also said last week. It happens on a global scale, as we know now, uh, uh, all too in our face really as we look at the the situation in the war but in Christ a light shines and transforms us not just by cleansing us from our sin but also changing us from the inside out and the challenge is for us to love our brothers and sisters so the message heard from Jesus God is light that's something that brings forgiveness of sins but it also that the darkness inside us starts to be challenged. So he wants to cleanse us outwardly, remember that, and he wants to cleanse us and change us inwardly. So if we need forgiveness, good news, the light is here, you will be forgiven. And remember that verse, 1 John 1 verse 9, good one to remember. But also, and here's the challenge, because I think actually we find it easier to say, yeah, well, it's still sometimes difficult for us to come to God and ask for forgiveness, Yeah. But I think it's even more difficult when we say, okay, I can take the forgiveness, but now you want to change me as well? That's even more hard work, it seems. But I think this is the thing that John wants us to know. That as well as confessing our sins and knowing forgiveness, he's saying, love, I want you to change now. Love your brothers and sisters. And that is a little bit harder. It takes a bit more intention and a bit of a decision on our part. It takes some inner transformation of the light of God to be in us. But I think if we offer ourselves to God and say, okay, God, here we are. Here's, here's who's who I am. Change me from the inside out. Then I know his spirit will do. I've seen it happen in others and, and I know it will do, he will do it. So, I want us to read um, one final bit together. So, if you've got your Bibles still open there, um, if you go to 1 John, chapter 2, verse 12. There's a little repetitive song that John wrote. Sometimes uh, we complain that our... Some people complain that our worship songs are a bit too repetitive, but I think um, here's a song... I think a song that John wrote. So this is First John chapter two, verses twelve to fourteen, which I didn't actually have I didn't write them out. 
Oh, you're going to have to write, read it yourselves. No, you, you guys can read it. But if you notice, there's a, a, a repetition that it speaks of sin forgiven, it speaks of knowing God, and it speaks of sins overcome, which is what we're talking about, transformation of us so that we may love our brothers and sisters. So let's read this together. In fact, you're going to read it because I haven't got it in front of me. Okay? Ready, steady, go. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Yeah. <coughs> So maybe that's something to reflect on, that little riff that John, in the coming weeks, because we'll probably keep coming back to these kind of themes. That the gospel is sin forgiven, and the gospel is also sin overcome in us, and that we are transformed and renewed. And in doing so, then, we have fellowship with one another, and we have fellowship with God. And so we're going to move now into our time of communion. And actually, as we take communion, I want you to know that this is an active sign of all those things. You know, I think we're confident that as we, as we share the, the cup together, we know that Jesus' blood is shed for us for, for our forgiveness, for, our, for forgiveness of our sins. Yeah, we know that? But I think we also need to remember that as we... Um, we break the bread together. We know that we are one body. That God is wanting to transform us inwardly so that the love for one another unites us as one body. Though we are many, we are one body because we share the same bread. And that as we do that, not only does it bring fellowship with one another and communion with one another, but we, we have communion with God himself. Because we are, and I'll be teaching on this in, in weeks to come, as we consume the bread and the cup, we are feeding on Christ himself. We have communion with Christ himself by the Spirit. So all of the, the, the thing that John is saying there neatly comes together in communion as we share together. So let's take a moment. I want to just offer a moment. If we have any any things where we, we need to, in our hearts, forgive one another or, or just say, Lord, stay.